book authors are imaginative architects inviting readers to embark on journeys of the mind and heart dedicating this segment to venture on such journeys in our journey podcast with your host smita gunturi hello everybody i have george v gonzales with me today he wrote a book called answer the call life lessons from family origins through invention and struggle thank you for being here george welcome to the show please thank you thank you so much i'm really happy to be here thank you thank you first question i want to ask why did you write this book is there any personal story to connect behind that yes yeah, so the the seed was planted for me to write the book uh back when i was like 24 25 years old uh i had to take my daughter to uh to a hospital here in california and the doctor told me i need you to tell your dad that he only has 6 months to live and i was like what I need you to tell your dad that he has 6 months to live. My daughter my 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 father my father didn't speak English. So the doctor didn't speak Spanish so I had to translate for my dad. And when I told him that my my dad was like in shock and we rushed out of the the doctor's office and as I'm walking to my car I told myself this story has to be told. I have to share this story. I need to share what my family is about to endure the pain and everything we're going to go through through the suffering of what my family is going to go if my father passes away in 6 months so that's when the seed was planted to for me to write a book at some point in my life but i didn't get a chance to write it until the pandemic in 2021 that's when i actually wrote it sorry to hear that in the first place but yeah, i have been in such kind of a similar situation but twice not once one is with my father and uh, the other one is with my son touchwood my son is still with me healthy right now but yeah i i totally understand when you go through that kind of a situation would you be able to explain a little bit more on your emotional state while coping up with that on one side and staying there with your family well so so basically my my family as many of us were were really close to our our parents our siblings our family members and when i was given that news i mean i was i was in shock you know i was devastated i was heartbroken that i'm barely i was 24 25 years old barely a man and i didn't even have any children at that time and i was thinking like my god my 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 father's not even going to uh meet my children and and that's another part that really you know you know broke my heart And so I try to make the best of it and try to spend as much time as I possibly could with my dad, put my grief aside, put the pain aside, and we we are very my culture, the Mexican uh, culture, we're believer we believers in uh natural medicines. And so we gave my father natural medicine and he actually lasted 8 years. So in the transition of those 8 years, I did have a child, a, a daughter and my daughter actually became my father's favorite grandchild my dad loved my daughter and my daughter loved my father but sadly my my dad passed away when my daughter was like 4 years old but at least he he was able to to meet her and, and to love her in such a way where it really warmed my heart and it and it made me understand like god gave me an opportunity for my father to be here for him to meet my child because if not that in itself would have been devastating for me if my father wouldn't have met my grand, my my daughter you know 
Why the book name called Answer the Call? Answer the Call. Um, so I'm also an inventor. I invented a batting machine for baseball and softball, and I was going to call my book American Inventor. But the day that I was talking with, with my publishing company on the phone that we were going to finalize the title, I heard this most powerful, sweetest voice that said, answer the call. And at first, it, it was like, did I hear that right? And then I hear it again for a second time. And when you hear that voice, you there's no mistake who's that voice that it is. And then I said it out loud, answer the call. And then my publishing company said, what is that? That's the name of the book. Like, where did you get that from? It was just whispered to me. And they said, okay, we're scrapping American Inventor and we're going with Answer the Call. And that's what, uh, Answer the Call, that's where my. That's why I named my book Answer the Call. I know you have mentioned that uh, you wanted to write the book while you were going through that sad time of your life. But Answer the Call, American Inventor doesn't go with together, actually. So no. what's your book all about? So my book is about uh, the journey, the process, uh, reinventing yourself, struggles, uh, foundation, success, betrayals. So basically what, what one endures throughout their lifetime. And American Inventor is actually one of my titles on one of my chapters because there's a chapter about that. Uh, but I wanted to, to share the stories and... At the very beginning, when, when it was whispered to me, answer the call, I didn't really know what that meant. But three, uh, about two weeks later, that's when that came to me, the answer the calls about finding your gifts, your talents, and pursuing your life's purpose. And with some of the stories that I share in my book, I do believe that the, the people that I mentioned in my book, I mentioned my grandfather, my, my grandparents, I mentioned my dad, my uncle, I do believe as sadly as some stories are, that they were fo following their purpose uh, because unfortunately that my dad did pass away from alcoholism. I do believe that that was his, uh, his journey in this life. Maybe it was for, maybe it was for me to get a, this, this story, this emotional story to tell and help other people and whatnot. So I always believe that everything happens for a reason. You know, but yeah, but that's 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 what uh, that's what the book is about. You touched a few points there. I wanted to ask when you are talking about purpose, have you realized your purpose? When was that, and what do you think your purpose is? So ever since ever since I was a small child, I always believed that I was special, and I always believed that there was a plan. There's a huge plan for my life, but I I didn't know what that was yet. But it wasn't until I wrote the book that I was given access to remember a lot of things from early on in my life, going all the way back to my childhood. So there's certain things I couldn't remember before, but me writing the book gave me access to that. And I realized that my purpose was to write the book, was to be a public speaker, and is to motivate and inspire the next generation and anyone that needs to reinvent themselves because they'd be going through some kind of a struggle, adversity, or something where they say, you know what, I'm just going to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm supposed to reach those individuals. So when you are mentioning continuously, like reinvent themselves, what do you think that process is all about? Like reinventing, let's say if I am coming for help to you. Like I, I wanted to get help from you and I wanted to reinvent some, reinvent myself. But where do you start with me when I myself doesn't know what I want to be? 
Well, the, the first thing that I would go to is the same thing that I went through myself is what experiences do I bring to the table? What have I learned in my journey? And based off of those experiences, what is the best fit to use that experience and that knowledge moving forward? By looking at it that way, an entire, an entire world opens up for you. Because a lot of us have a lot of relatable experience to different jobs, different industries, different career paths, but we just don't see it that way. We just think, oh my God, now I just got to go, go get a new job. It's like, yeah, but you bring experience with you and you bring knowledge with you. So you're not starting from scratch anymore. You're, now you're starting from experience. And that's the part that allows you the easy access to reinvent yourself. You mentioned lessons learned. Like, What is the biggest lesson that you have learned in your journey? My biggest lesson learned is not to silence my mind. Because in 2008, 2009, when the, uh, when the world crashed because of the real estate market, it was a global crash. And I was unemployed for three years. And I've always been this individual that always had like this knowing of things. Like for some reason, I knew. And I always used to get some like downloads of visions and information and out of the frustration and stress, I silenced that. And it took me about three, almost four years to be able to have the, um, the ability to access that because I turned off the faucet. You never want to turn off the faucet of creativity. You never want to turn off the faucet of anything that's coming through as far as downloads of wisdom and knowledge. Never, ever... Uh, stop that the, the flow of, uh, of that faucet. Always keep it running. Why do you think people stop that flow? Out of frustration, because we feel like I can't do anything. I have no resources. I don't know anybody. But that's a mistake because we have to at least get a binder, get a notepad, write the things down. It might be poetry. It might be music. It might be an idea. Just, just because you don't have the resources today doesn't mean you're not going to meet somebody in six months or a year that has the resources and that might be able to open a door for you. But if you silence it, now you close the door on yourself. And it's really difficult to access that again until you earn the right to access it again. You were mentioning about there were, uh, your book is consolidation of a lot of stories throughout your life. Can you pick one story that is so, so interesting or inspiring to you that you always look up to that story whenever you are down? The, the main story is the first story of my first chapter of my book, which is the foundation chapter, is when my grandfather, at the age of 22, he migrated from Mexico to the United States under World War II, under the work agreement between the United States and Mexico. When I first learned about that story, it made me, it saddened me, it made me emotional, because my grandfather made a decision to leave my grandmother, uh, a one-year-old child, in a, a, a newborn infant child with my grandmother in Mexico for him to come here to send money back home. When I heard that, and I, I just, it just, it just did something to me that is planted to see that I'm going to use this as the foundation of my life, that anything I build, that anything I work on, I'm going to do it on his honor because of the sacrifice that he made for me. And, okay. if, and whenever I feel like giving up, I remember his sacrifice. And because I'm honoring him, I'm not allowed to give up. 
because I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for them. So your title tagline is life lessons from family origins through invention and struggle. Is that where it is coming from? My grandfather had to reinvent himself in Mexico. He had to leave his country. The struggles that him and my grandmother went to, the sacrifice, the, 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 the family values and the family origins, I mean, it's the foundation of my life. So as I see my family, I'm like, my God, my family has reinvented themselves over and over again. The sacrifices that they've made, the culture, the family values, it, it, that's the foundation. So if I'm going to build something, I'm going to build it on top of that. You also touched about uh, that your book speaks about uh, betrayal. Yes. Can you explain a little more on that? I, I touch on that because I believe that a lot of us, when when there's 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 going to be people around us that they want us to succeed, but they don't want us to succeed that much. Yes. They don't want us to succeed more than them, and because of that, they'll they'll turn they'll, they'll turn their back on you. Uh, they know that if they help you, they will 10x your life. But their selfishness of not seeing you 10x your life, they don't understand that you were supposed to take care of them when you reach that level. But because they were too greedy and not allow you to reach that level, guess what? They couldn't benefit from that either. So that's the betrayals that I talk about. You don't have to put names, but what is the actual scenario that you have faced to have this kind of experience in your life? Every time that I want to do something better for myself, I notice like this cold shoulder from people. At, at first, it was like no big deal because I became a manager, a supervisor. I became a manager. I became a, a leader of this department. And I would get like little shots. Oh, here comes Mr. Manager. You know, and then when I... When I got injured, no one came to help me when I got injured because I hurt myself. I hurt my back and I was disabled for about three and a half years. People didn't approach me to help me. It's almost like I was going to be a burden to them when in reality, I needed help. So now that, I'm, that when, I, when I became a real estate agent, because I'm also a real estate agent, they started also removing themselves from me. A lot of people bought houses that didn't use me as an agent. But yet, before I got my real estate license, I was the go-to guy about real estate because I had bought my pro my first property when I was 21. And I was involved in real estate since I was 14, doing kitchen and bathrooms and rehabs with my dad and my uncle. So I had all this real estate knowledge and real estate experience. But the day that I got my real estate license, no one wanted to use me as an agent because they didn't want me to make money off of them. Yes. And then when, when, uh, when I wrote the book, even though I, I talk about some those moments in my book, I didn't mention any names, but I know a lot of them got the book, they read the book, and I'm sure they felt, oh my God, George is talking about me, but I didn't say, I didn't say any names. And then when, 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 I was, when I started doing public speaking and I'm sharing videos from the stage, again, so it's not like I'm trying to be better than anyone. I'm just trying to be the best version of myself, and I'm hoping to inspire other people around me. That's all I'm trying to do. But that's why that's why I talk about that in my book. When you talk about betrayal, you also need to practice forgiveness is what I am thinking. So how do you practice your forgiveness or what is forgiveness for you in your words? Well, I, I have no negative uh, feelings 
against anybody in my heart. God, my creator, does not allow me to have that in my heart. I have a pure heart, so I have forgiven anybody and anyone and everybody that I feel hurt me in such a way, regardless if they feel they did it or not. I forgive them for that. So I don't want to have a bitter heart or a dark heart because then I can't give. And in order for me to give, I need to give from a pure heart. So for that reason, I have to forgive. You also mentioned in your introduction that you have taken calculated risks. What do you call calculated risk meaning? And what is the biggest calculated risk that you have taken in your life? The, the, the scariest calculated risk was writing my book right in the middle of the pandemic. You know, uh, but the feeling that came over me, I, I believe that I was giving the, uh, the nurturing, the confidence, the assurance that this is the right time to write the book. And things were going to open up in front of me if I followed my heart, which I did. Uh, listening to the voice of, of changing the, the title name also was a calculated risk uh, because it's more relatable to more people versus American Inventor. American Inventor might be like a small section of society, but answering the call, it, it, it's relatable to everybody because I do believe that each one of us does have a gift, a talent, and also a life purpose. I do believe that. When I'm reading your book, what will that? What is that one thing that I learn or like leave your book with? The most powerful thing I believe that 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 the book is about is that we have to believe that we are here for something much bigger than just ourselves, and whatever decisions we make are not the decisions for ourselves. It's the decision that's going to affect our family tree our community, our society, or in the world. It's not us. It's, it's, about, it's about everybody else other than ourselves. That is, that is the most important thing that I wish anybody and everybody would pick up from that book. Do you think that they will learn about their purpose or like at least the thought of researching about their purpose, like trying to figure out what their purpose is? I, I do believe so because, and I've had people tell me, George, I don't know what my purpose is. Yes. And what I tell people, and I, and I talk about this in my book with the different things that I, that I touch on, the stories that I touch on, is I, on, I only do things that I'm good at. I only do things that I love to do. And I only do things that I'm called to do. So when somebody tells me, George, I don't know what my purpose is, okay? What do you like to do? Well, I like to do this, okay. Uh, if money was not an option, what would you love to do for the rest of your life if money was not an option? And what are you good at? So when you talk about these three, three things, you realize a hobby is not a hobby. A hobby is your gift or your talent. And that may, in fact, if you take it farther, it can become a life's purpose. Like I can't draw. I can't write music. I can't dance. I can't paint. I can't do a lot of things. I can't do woodwork. But if somebody has that gift, that means that's their gift. That's not a hobby. That's a gift. I have the gift to talk, to mentor, to coach, and inspire people. That's my gift. So it's aligned with my life purpose of being on stage and motivating and inspiring the next generation and anyone that needs motivation. 
what is a life felt compliment that you have got with your work? The the most uh, humbling thing was uh, this past. Uh, I've been speaking now for two years here in Southern California universities, and I had a I've had a handful of of, of young uh, students from twenty to twenty five approach to me after stage, and said, "Mr. Gonzalez." I loved your presentation. I loved the stories and loved your energy. I almost didn't make it today, but something last night told me that I need to be here today. And I'm really glad I did that. But, but just to let you know, I was going to take my life last night. And when they say stuff like that, I'm like, oh my God, this is much, much bigger than me. This is why I was carried through my journey i was protected along the way yes i got scrapes and i got bruises and i i, I had tears and whatnot yes i did have that but what i'm able to share for my heart these stories are helping people and and if the divine intervention or whatever happened to have these people at that event to hear me and i don't take credit for it by the way i believe that i'm being used as a vessel to share what's supposed to be shared so I don't take credit for it either. When you wanted to start this journey, what is the best advice that you might have received and the worst advice that you have received? Can you say that again? When you are starting this journey, like uh, I, I don't think whether you have left your job, I mean, day-to-day -day job or like you're yeah, just doing this. Uh, I don't know about that. But however, like when you are starting this journey as a speaker, writing the book and everything, what was the best advice that you have got and the worst advice that you have got from the people around you? Well, I, I learned my lesson a long time ago <laughs> that when you're going to do something great and something that you're, the people that you love most and people around you are not going to understand, you're better to, leave, to keep that to yourself because they're, they're not going to believe in your dream. They don't, they don't feel the same way about your dream. And they definitely don't have the vision for your dream. So if you were to give somebody, oh my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write my book. I was like, well, who are you to write a book? You're no one special. You know, well, I'm going to go speak on stage. He's like, why? They're not going to listen to you. Why are they going to listen to you for it? So the moment that you're going to do something great, impactful, it's better just to do it, put in the work, start the process, and just let life unfold in itself. The right people will gravitate. The right people will want to uh, collaborate with you. Just like me and you today. You, you're holding a podcast. I'm your guest. So along the way, I have podcasters that would love to have me on their on the podcast and on their show. Because they feel that the story that I have to share is um, relatable and valuable to their listeners. So there's a listeners to our story. We just have to have the courage to speak it. So like I said, I learned that lesson a long time ago. I, I keep those to myself until I got some traction going. And then even so, sometimes people will tell you, like, why are you doing that? Well, because I'm being called to do it. It's like, who's calling you to do it? They don't, they don't understand. What is the lowest point in your life? The lowest... Is, is losing people that I really cared about. Uh, I thought that certain people were gonna be there for the rest of my life. 
I thought they were going to be beside me. But then I found out that they couldn't stomach the, the, the struggle. They couldn't stomach the pain. And, and that was heartbreaking for me. Because I wasn't going to stay stuck there forever. I had a plan. I had a plan not to give up. I had a plan to progress. And I had a plan to succeed. But I also had to be patient and had faith that even though I was going through some difficult times, I knew they weren't going to last. But people around me thought, George is stuck. He's going to be stuck forever. And, and that was the hardest part for me. You are you are talking about faith. Um, I, I wanted to ask you a question about uh, how do you practice your gratitude? What is gratitude to you? I practice my gratitude that I was given something special called life. And I was also given an, um, an amount of time of life. And I have to honor my creator for what he's given me, the opportunity and the experiences. Some were painful, but I still don't have a dark heart because he gave me a pure heart. So by me giving, I know that in the future, I'm going to get more than I give. I know that because my heart tells me that. Now, I'm not doing it for that reason. I just know that that's the, that's the law of life. He who gives will receive. And he who takes, it shall be taken. I've always known that. And I, that's what I believe. When you're talking about giving, uh, it's just not about giving something as a talent from you. It's even like sharing your love or life affection to the other people. You doesn't need to know the person to share that feelings with anybody. So what is love to you? Love is words of encouragement. Love is nurturing. Love is support. Love is doing good deeds. Anything that's positive that will make someone smile and warm their heart, to me, that is what love is. Have you ever felt any guilt in your life? Do you have any regrets? Uh, I've, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes in my life. And to say that for us to regret something, whether it was right or wrong or whatever we went through, we, we wouldn't be the people that we are today. There, there's a reason why everything happens. And our experiences mold us and sometimes pressure us into becoming certain individuals. And I think if we were to go back and remove certain things, if they were wrong or whatever, we wouldn't be who we are today. And, and that wouldn't be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That wouldn't be uh, honorable or, or in, the good, in, in the best benefit for yourself today. Because it's almost like your life would crumble for taking some pieces off. Not sure if that makes sense or not. Yes. Who is your best supporter in your life with you day to day? My best supporter in my life is my daughter. My daughter's, my, my daughter's 25. She's my best friend. I'm her best friend. Uh, the day she was born and I held her in my arms, I made her a promise that I was going to uh, guide her 
and protect her for the life that she, she was going to live, not the life that I lived myself. And uh, I led by example. And I wanted to, I want her to become more than me, better than me, because she is better than me. What is success for you? Success is being a contribution. Success is giving. Success is progression, innovation, innovation, reinvention, not giving up. That's what success is to me. It's not just it's not just money. What is fulfillment? Fulfillment is when you know in your heart that you're doing what you're called to do. That's what really fulfills you. I know I'm supposed to give back. I know I'm supposed to coach, mentor, and inspire people. So every time I'm doing something for people and an audience, I get this fulfillment in my heart when I'm doing that, when I'm giving back. So that's, what's, that's what fulfillment is to me. When we talk about the success, fulfillment, all these things, uh, the person need to have their self-worth. How do one understand their self-worth? Now, you have to believe that you are special. Because if no one, if you don't believe that you're special, no one is going to. You also have to believe that you are capable of doing so much more and you're destined to have so much more. Because if you don't, you won't. So believing in yourself, self-love is truly the foundation of our characters. Have you ever had any kind of mental health issues? And how do you cope up with it? Yeah, when, when I when I go through some struggles, when I was unemployed, when I when I got injured, I went, I, I got heavily medicated, I was depressed, I had suicidal thoughts, and that is the foundation of mental issues. And what was able to get me out of it was remembering my grandfather's sacrifice, my father's passing and what he did, my daughter being in my life. And that, because that is the foundation of, of my reason of existence. That's what pulled me out of these dark places. So if you don't have a reason why and a foundation of why you're doing it, you're going to give up at any time in your life. What is that one thing that you were valuing before, before starting this journey in your life versus you don't value it anymore? Um, I want to say that I believe that everybody that was around me was supposed to be around me. And uh, I was the person that always called them, always invited them to the birthday parties and whatnot and events. And when I realized when I started progressing in my life that I was feeling the cold shoulders, I was feeling the envy and whatnot, the resentment, I was like, okay, well, I guess they're not meant to be in my circle. And this includes some family members as well. So I can love you from a distance and give my life to you from a distance. But that doesn't mean I can allow you in my circle and have you leech off my energy and off my love when all you're wanting to do is just take from me. So that is one thing that, uh, that I don't feel is as important as it used to. So now I just care for and worry about the people that really have the best intentions for my life. And for my for my calling. What is that one thing that you think uh, you wish that you have known this before? I wish that I would have known that uh, it wasn't going to be easy. 
<laughs> you know <laughs> now now I, I i don't know how i would have prepared myself for it because i've always believed that i'm always prepared for the future but uh understanding that people were going to uh, turn their backs on me which is heartbreaking for me and, and took me into a spiral uh, but that was like the most difficult part. And, and I kind of wish I would have known that because I wasted a lot of energy on people that I, I try to keep in my life when they were trying to remove themselves from my life. And that kind of drained me when I could have been focused on creating something. You know, have you teach this? Uh, are, are you teaching this to your daughter or does she know about what this is? What will be, what are your values that you are passing on to your daughter now? My, the way I raised my, my daughter is I, I always, I, I didn't treat her as a child. I had open conversations with, with her. Uh, I told her about my experiences when I, my upbringings, I would listen to audiobooks and she would see me read books. And so now, right now she's really big on personal development. She's really big on, on, on her dreams and whatnot. She believed that she can create anything that she wants in life. As long as she believes in it. She also believes that if she sees something, she has an opportunity to either go for it or discard it. And she also knows that if you discard it, there's going to be some painful moments if you discard it because there's a reason why they came through. So that that's kind of how I raised her and that's kind of how she believes. So she's really a, light, a lot like me in a sense. And I think that's why she tells me, Daddy, you're my best friend. And this is why she's my best friend because I feel that we can relate so much on such a deep level, me and my daughter. Now that we have been hearing a lot of, uh, not, I, I don't say teens in specific, but from teens to mid-20s, a lot of people are having these mental issues and going through the suicidal thoughts. What is that one advice that you think that would help? May not be everybody, but at least like for them to think about it, not to do the, such kind of the things. Well, it is my personal belief, and I feel this very strongly in my heart, that there are people parents and people that uh, watch over children that they try to silence them they try to hinder on their gifts and their talents and they want them to be in this little box of who they're supposed to be well what they don't what the society doesn't understand that this next generation that's coming behind us are creative people they're innovators they're inventors, and they're supposed to create a new life for us. And that's the part that society doesn't understand. Now, the way I raised my daughter, I didn't tell my daughter what to believe, who to believe in, what to do or what not to do. I raised her with family values of what was right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad. And I gave her an allowance. She, she, she was about three years old. I gave her an allowance to clean her room and clean her bathroom because she had her own bathroom. And if she didn't do that, she wouldn't get her allowance. I bought her the things that she needed, but not the things that she wanted. She had to earn her, use her own money on the things that she wanted. So society needs to understand that our children need to earn what they ask for. We can't just say, mom, dad, can you get this for me? No, we can't just say that. We have to give them a reason why not. The reason why I'm not giving you this because you have you have bad grades. The reason why you're not doing we're not doing I'm not going to do this for you is because you talk back to me. You don't clean your room. 
You know, you're disrespectful. And maybe they're like, well, you know what? Maybe being disrespectful is a bad thing. Maybe not cleaning my room is a bad thing. Maybe getting bad grades is a bad thing because clearly I'm not being rewarded for it. Because we need to reward people for the good things that they do. And then we also need to discipline them for the things that they don't do, like not giving in to them. And I think uh, that's what society has got confused because if my, my parents wanted me to be a certain individual, but I rebelled because my mind was so opened. Even till today, people tell me, why don't you get a real job? Well, you don't understand that this is what God's calling me to do. You can't go against that. Because if not, there's punishment from that. If you go against it, because you're not being obedient. That's when the pain comes in, the struggles. How do I know that? Because I witnessed that already. I already went through it when I don't listen. So I have to listen. So I, I think giving the opportunity to the youth to really use their minds in a creative way and asking them, what do you love to do? What do you like to do? If money was not an option, what would you like to do for the rest of your life? And see what they come up with and try to support them in that journey. Because if we really love them, we want them to be happy with what, who they want to become, not who we wish they were. Thank you for tuning in. And you can find me on all the socials at Smitha Gunturi and the show notes for any resources mentioned. See you next week. Take care.